Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. This episode, we are looking at Season 4, Episode 9, Watchers on the Wall. I'm going to introduce our panel. Uh, tonight we have Torg. Hi, I am Torgover, and I'm Evil Torgover on Tumblr. And Eon. Hi, this is Eon, and I'm Eon Blue Negative on Tumblr. Everybody's favorite angry Texan. <laughs> 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 and finally we have... Chicky, I'm Chicky. Chickren on Tumblr. Actually, you're not my finally. I'm messing up my intro. Sorry about that. Damn it, you forgot me? <laughs> no, I forgot Miss Kama. Forgot me. <laughs> Go ahead, Kama. Tell us who you are. It's almost Hi. like someone forgot to show up tonight. <laughs> I'm Kama Splice on Archive of Our Own, and I'm Grammar Saves Lives on Tumblr. And I'm Lot, the ever-lovable, forgetful moderator, <laughs> Lady of Tarth hyphen posts on Tumblr. But one thing I will not forget tonight is the spoiler warning. Um, so we're going to spoil the book, we're going to spoil the show, and we're going to spoil things that haven't even happened yet, as Eon actually did this episode, but we'll get to that. <laughs> okay, so we'll just, this episode, I was, I'm not going to lie, I was really nervous about recapping it, because it's the First time, I think, since um, the Blackwater episode when it was all just like one epic battle, right? Like we aren't. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Yeah. So I was kind of nervous about recapping this one. So I'm hopefully going to do an okay job. And if you want to jump in at any time, if I'm going on too long, just cut me off and tell me there was something cool about it, okay? All right. So <clears throat> it opens up on top of the wall uh, with John and Sam and they're doing their assigned top-of-the-wall duty, for lack of a better phrase. I'm um, talking about girls. Sam wants to know what it was like um, with John was with Ygritte, and um, he says John is the closest he'll ever get to knowing what that's like. So he really thinks Gilly's dead at this point. Um, Sam talks about loopholes in their celibacy vows, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, John tells Sam to get some sleep and that he'll take the first watch. And then we see the owl that's sitting there watching them. And it transitions into a thin warg who is, of course, watching what they're up to. Uh, the next one is Tormon and Ygritte who are at the south of the wall with their wilding, small wildling contingent. Um, Tormon's sharing a story about Sheila the bear. <laughs> and um, this the main thin guy, his name is Stick. No, was it stir? Steer. Stir. Stir. <laughs> That's how I remembered it, kind of, was stir stick. <laughs> it's stir, right? And uh, Ingrid and him kind of have a go at each other, and uh, she tells him that Jon Snow is hers, and she's pretty hell-bent on killing him. Um, and then we see a shot of Gilly and the baby kind of walking on the cusp of the hill, and she's on her way back to Castle Black. Um, any thoughts up until now, or are we good to continue? Oh, um, God, I love that whole, like, teenage boy moment between Sam and John. That was <laughs> such a typical, like, you know, run through sex for me. I loved it. Yeah, it was actually, <laughs> wasn't it? It was really age appropriate. <laughs> it, it, it was. was. Um, I didn't love it. I thought there was a couple of themes running through this episode, and I never thought a major theme of the the whole wall, you know, um thing would be about how guys of the night night's watch want to get laid but this runs through the entire episode they want sex you you don't think that's appropriate for (laughs) i I mean it's a battle with this huge wilding forces and it's the battle for the north and they're all okay you know that's their major theme fine <laughs> uh, i don't know i feel like it's kind of a human moment it's kind of something that you might do think about what you hadn't done what you hadn't yeah. accomplished yet yeah i think if and it's not as though the night the night's watch guys aren't known for 
visiting the brothel in Molestown and stuff. I, yeah. Well, I'll get into it later. I, I just thought <laughs> of all the things to be spending all this time on, it was that Sam really wants to get laid. I got that. I've, <laughs> oh, I've got I that yeah. since the moment they've introduced this character. And I have no in no danger of forgetting that. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing was weird was that it was such a like typical young teenager conversation. And yet these two do not look like teenagers. They clearly oh, God, look no. like they're well into their 20s. Yeah. Yeah, so it was a little bit of a like, old. Ah, I said, maybe yeah, I can go with this. Uh, trying to jump in there a couple times, I think. Eon? Well, I, would, I was thinking, you know, whenever you're faced with certain death, there's crazy things come throughout your mind. I mean, look at Tyrion and Jamie. They were talking about crushing beetles. <laughs> I didn't like you that know? either. But, <laughs> I mean, Aww. It, and I mean, in the Night's Watch, there's there's sworn to celibacy. I mean, they're bound to talk about you know lamenting that they never got laid, right? Like I don't know, I kind of <laughs> I kind of equate it to like when you're on death row, and like your only option is really to fantasize about food and think about your last meal. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Think about your last well, a girl, <laughs> any girl at this point. <laughs> okay, we'll go on to the next. It's- Oh. oh, I was going to say a lot. I did love that they threw in that kind of nod to fandom about what the vows actually are with regard to sex. This right? has been widely debated on like message boards about the fact that it does say take no wife and father no children, but it doesn't necessarily say uh, no sex at all. Yeah, so yeah I but love- a, a canon of statutory interpretation is that you should <laughs> you should pay attention to the common meaning and how people treat it. So the fact that for a thousand years that nobody has had sex or at all, and that's what that's me meant, I, I would say that most people would say, yeah, it means you're not supposed to have sex. <laughs> oh, yeah, I agree. I'm just saying this has been a common discussion <laughs> yeah. on the message boards. And, of course, they all do have sex. You know, sex is very common with, like, the Kingsguard and the Night's Watch. Pretty much everybody who takes these vows of celibacy, we kind of <laughs> peek behind and see they don't really stick to them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good point. Um, okay, so next we have a scene with Master Eamon and Sam in the library, and they're talking about wildlings, and then they start talking about love, and Eamon gets uh, a bit offended when Sam can't imagine he was once a lovable Targaryen stud. <laughs> <laughs> and he talks about um, one girl he loved, and all I could think about was that one episode where we were trying to figure out what I was thinking about that too. <laughs> is this Lena? <laughs> yes, I hope so. And that makes it so funny in retrospect. She didn't want anything to do with him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now uh, this is the portion when I kind of sound like a dummy because I always ask these questions and I always feel like I should know this, but I don't. Why did Eamon give up the throne? Was it just to save his life? or He was already in the Citadel. He was training to be a Meister. Mm-hmm. I know that. And he was he ended up going into the Night's Watch. I know that. I don't really know. Because I haven't read the Duncan Egg off I don't really know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I read him, but I still don't know. <laughs> okay. I thought maybe that was me not paying attention again, but No. Just wondering. Okay. And just from the Duncan Egg books, I do not remember Amon being a ladies man. He just seemed like he was, you know, a little nerd. It's so <laughs> funny. I always assumed he was gay, and I actually couldn't tell you what I was basing that on now, but I was a little surprised to hear that he wasn't for some reason. I have no idea why. Hmm. Perhaps that he would uh, take a vow of celibacy so easily and hang out with a bunch of dudes all day. That would make me wonder. Okay, um, going on. <laughs> Sam is told to go to bed. Um, he walks out, and he hears Gilly and Pip arguing. Uh, he runs to the gate and uh, he's like, open the fucking gate. And uh, <laughs> Sam is so relieved when he sees Gilly's alive. And he says to her, wherever she goes, he'll go too. And then you hear the blast of the horn sounding, um, signaling that the wildlings have been spotted. Um, and you see a massive forest fire burning on the north side of the wall. And um, I, my question is, how are you feeling about Sam's new balls for this episode? <laughs> Oh my god, I I liked Sam for so long, and in this episode, I've never wanted to hit someone more. Aww. I'm sorry, I mean, 
Oh, uh, well, I'm going to be harsh here because he's going on about how where, you know, he's got this thing wherever Gilly goes, he'll go. Well, how is that actually going to work? <laughs> I mean, I don't get that. And then I swear that whole scene with him and Pip was there because they were afraid no one re- would remember who Pip was, which is why they said Pip's name like three times. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the oh. cynic in me. But well, I... I, uh, I, I I'm sure you guys have better, different opinions. <laughs> well, honestly, Sam and Gilly aren't even supposed to be here right now in canon. Right? They don't make it to the wall until after the battle. <laughs> yeah. So. Hmm. I, I don't know. I've been seeing a lot of, like, on Tumblr, like, yeah, fucking Samuel Tarley. And I kind of was in that camp. I couldn't help it. I like Sam, and I don't know. I just, like, Maybe it was a bit of a character shift too sudden, but I I still kind of enjoyed it. I will. It seemed like uh, if I had not read the books, I would have completely put money on Sam dying this episode because they they were kind of focusing on him like that. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Like a uh, what do they call it? Like a purple shirt kind (laughs) of red shirt. Red shirt. (laughs) Well, not a red shirt, but somebody who gets some lines. So he's more than a red shirt, but you know he's doomed because he's gotten the lines. (laughs) That that guy. (laughs) My husband and I had a betting pool on who was going to kill Egret, and my husband thought that Sam was going to kill Egret. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Right. That would have been something. That would have been a complete (laughs) character shift. Much more than dropping (laughs) F-bombs. Oh, I I should backtrack a little. I did think it was kind of hilarious that uh, Gilly snuck past the wildlings the way that (laughs) she did. Because it's like she was totally framed and backlit. And it's like any idiot should have been able to see her. Right. Right. At the top of the hill. Yeah, they definitely seen her. And I have another comment, too, about that is, like, where they were situated on the south of the wall. Um, how the hell did they not see their campfire? I don't know. It's like they don't have anybody going out and scouting around Castle Black, which seems <laughs> ridiculous since they know that the wildlings are ranging around out there. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I know they're short, man, but you'd think that would be a priority for somebody. Yeah. Well, it's turning into a, a bitch fest already. Sorry, guys. <laughs> we love the show. We really do. <laughs> uh, so the next uh, uh, segment is with uh, John and Alistair Thorne. And Alistair tells him to basically tell John, go ahead, tell me you told me so. And it's a short scene. Um, it was a yeah. good scene. Yeah, he had that line about um, leadership and what it means is really, you know, you're going to have a bunch of people second guessing you all the time, right? So that's. So what do you think the significance was with the scene? Um, I thought, uh, first of all, I love the scene. I really liked the actor who played Sir Alistair. I think he comes off much better off than he ever did in the books. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it might be foreshadowing what I'm guessing is going to be happening in the next season or so. Because he's saying, hey, you know, you're going to, you know, well, I don't think he's saying it, but if you're a leader, you've got to have the conviction to keep going ahead. But he was wrong. And if John has that conviction, which we know he will later, I mean, he's going to have people who are the unrest, you know, that comes later in the books. Yeah, I, I definitely saw it as kind of a, a setup for, you know, John's eventually going to be the leader, so... Yeah, and I've kind of got a theory that they might use Alistair Thorne as kind of a combination with the Bowen Marsh character from the books. Uh, I suspect Alistair's not going to be sent off like he is in the books. I think he may be there throughout season five. Ooh. So I think it was kind of yeah. a good setup for that as well. I kind of hope so, because I kind of really liked him. Like, yeah. Yeah, and he's he's really great at that part. Owen Teal, I believe, is his name. Mm-hmm. And he's always been good since season one. He's he's great to have around for this stuff. He's a really good um, bad guy, but badass at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I appreciate that. I like him too. Okay, um, the next scene is of Sam and Gilly. Um, he takes her to a food storage room. Um, she doesn't want him to leave and asks him to stay. And uh, Sam holds true to his vows and says he's got to go up and be with his brothers. Then he plants a great big wet kiss on her. <laughs> And promises he won't die. So again, more of Sam. I don't know, Sam the man. Mm. Um, the next bit yeah. is with Pip and Sam, and they're up top now. And 
Pip is shaking and he's terrified. And uh, Sam and Pip talk about killing a white walker and tells him when he did it, he was nothing. And when you're nothing, there is no reason to be afraid. And this kind of goes back to kind of like what that whole Arya scene when she's talking about nothing is nothing or I don't know. I just don't understand why they're harping on this nothing bit. Does anyone have any ideas? And it's okay if you don't. <laughs> so <I'll move> on. <laughs> no? Not particularly. Um, I think it was just about, you know, the kind of common thing that you've seen before really big battles in, in I don't know, war movies and stuff. Just kind of that moment where soldiers look at each other and go, you know, how do we overcome the fear or whatever that is? I feel like that was kind of that moment. Right. I don't know. I assume it was in the script. I would have said it was Neil Marshall who put it in, but I, I imagine it was probably in the script. It wasn't, it was, it wasn't a bad scene. It was interesting coming from Sam, who's a notorious coward. Yeah. Right. But, I had that uh, It's kind of like a role reversal with Pip being the coward. Yeah. And so, Okay, uh, the next bit is with Ygritte and the wildlings, and Ygritte reports that only 20 men are now on the ground. Um, so they go in and attack from the south. At the same time. Have, you okay, Tork? <laughs> you okay? <Baby. laughs> Tork. These things happen in podcasts. Okay. <laughs> okay, is it better? Yes. Don't yes. okay. okay. be okay. My whole, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, my whole reason for being is not to edit this podcast. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no more incidents. Like, this is just seasoning. Right? This is really great for the podcast. Ooh, People love it when we fuck up technically. Yep. Yeah. It's like NASCAR. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, okay. So at the same time, when um, the Ygritte and the wildlings are going in from the south, we have the giants and the mammoths and the other wildlings pushing in. I have in my notes that was so effing cool. <laughs> Me too. I loved that. Yeah. <laughs> see, I didn't hate the whole episode. I like that they even included like the spear wives too. You could see women yes. in there too. So oh, really? Was, was, yeah, I could eyes. tell with the it's so dark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I could tell. I watched it three times, so yeah. Watch it again. <laughs> uh, I love the I really, CGI on those mammoths. Like yes. the fur was amazing. You could see like the snow like gathering on the fur. I was it really was impressed. Really cool. Yeah. I I think this scene demonstrates I I love the music by the way. It was really good. Um mm. it demonstrates this episode was a lot of spectacle and that's what it did that's what it does so well. But then not much emotional resonance, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of almost reminded me of those battle scenes in Lord of the Rings. That's I don't know yes. that came to mind maybe because there's giant Not mammoths. As well done, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know though. I've seen a lot of feature films that could have taken notes from this episode of a television show. Yeah, I think it was a pretty impressive television battle. I don't know if it's ever been topped. I think technically it was much better than Blackwater. I'm not going to say emotionally. But technically, yeah, yeah. wow, I think they really topped themselves. I agree with you because there was a lot of dynamic shots happening, right, with these action scenes, like the way yeah. they were from the north to the south to the top. And you never got confused where you were. Oh, I did, but that's <laughs> Well, I can't see where these people are or who. I'm, I'm so sick. This whole season, it's been shot in the dark. Yeah, it's been my number one pet peeve. Uh, but. Place a few torches a little more. I mean, you can have it at night, but <laughs> I get it though. Think what they're saving doing all the stuff in the dark. I mean, think about the CGI they're saving. <laughs> right. I understand it. I'm fine. Plus with it. two dragons. Yeah, eh. they got dragons. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so at the top of the wall, we see Alistair, and he's uh, rallying his men. And I thought, again, he's doing a pretty good job. Um, the horn sounds from down below this time, um, signaling that the wildlings are coming in from the south. Alistair leaves Slint in charge at the top and goes below to help with the southern gate. Um, Sam and Pip are shooting arrows at the wildlings that are climbing up the wall. Uh, the, the small wooden wall, not the actual snow wall. Alistair gets to the bottom, uh, rallies his men, and uh, he has this great line where he says, do you want to fill the belly of a then? And then uh, shortly after the speech, the wildlings burst through the gate. Um, 
so it's just not um sorry my notes are kind of messy here uh i'll jump in lot thank you i really appreciated this scene from alistair thorne i mean he, i really kind of got into the, his whole speech i i was buying it even though i don't like him at all um i think it was a really rousing moment and mm-hmm. and very i don't know smart to kind of call back to the purpose and the mission of the night's watch. And we'll see that they kind of continue to do that throughout the episode. And I kind of like, I kind of like the way that they did it, even though I'm not an Alistair Thorne fan by any means. Yeah. Anyone else? Just me. (laughs) I agree with that. And he's, that's what I kind of, I thought it was interesting in the show versus the books. I mean, in the books, he just seems like, you know, a number one jackass and a sadist to boot. But in the show, even going back to season one, when, you know, John's being kind of a bully and he's trying to show him up. I mean, he makes, I think he makes a comment on how these, he's got to prepare these guys who are not natural fighters to be able to defend the wall. And it's sort of like a drill sergeant, you know, that stereotypical, yeah. hard-ass, badass, tough jerk. You can't stand them, but his that's his job, to turn out soldiers. And that's what he's doing. And I think... This is an episode where he's in his element. This is his purpose, and he's good at it. I don't know. Yeah, if that I makes agree. Sense. No, yeah. it really does. It kind of makes sense why he was the guy who was training everyone. When you see this scene, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, next bit is of Janice Slint probably doing the exact opposite job of Alice or Thor, and he's not—he's scared, and he's not doing a whole lot to boost the morale of the men at the top. Um, he has he has this line where he's talking about how he has faith in the iron gates that they're going to hold and um, when John says you think that they're going to stop giants he replies no such thing as giants and I kind of love the reaction of the men at the top because like the, really really dude <laughs> take a look deny? down yeah. <laughs> yeah. and that's when Gren steps in and tells Slint he need, he's needed below and uh, he did it all just to, so John could be the command at the top um, so John steps in right away natural leader and calls for the archers um, and then they had that really cool shot where they had the archers like I guess being um, they're tethered and they kind of lean over the side of the wall. Yeah, how would you describe that? <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> scary? Uh, <laughs> scary, yeah. yeah. It looked like a terrible ride at Disneyland or something. <laughs> Ooh, that would be fun. <laughs> no, that kind of makes sense. When I went to the Game of Thrones exhibit, they had that ride you were on. And it you did sort of lean over, except it was during the daylight. But I wonder if that was the idea. Oh, I've Wait, heard amazing on. things about that. There's a Game of Thrones ride. Well, at the exhibit, the, the that's touring or was touring. You went and there, I think it's called an Oculus, Oculus Rift. Rift. Yeah, and you get to ride up in that that cage thing to <gasps> the top of the wall, and then they turn you around, and it's all light. It's light though. It's not at night, and you see the presumably the you know the land beyond the wall, <gasps> and then. They have these comet things, fireballs, like, coming at you. Fireballs? Yes. Where are the fireballs coming from? I don't know. Maybe there were comets. I don't know. They were big and red (laughs) and scary, and I almost hit the wall. I I could just imagine you standing there with the Oculus Rift on your head. And then (laughs) all of a sudden, they lean you, so it looks like you're looking down, (gasps) and then you fall. It was amazing. And I love this stuff. I kind of. This wonder, reminds me of like soaring over California or whatever it is in California Adventure. Has anyone ever done that? <laughs> soaring over Westeros. Yeah, there you but go. <laughs> I'm kind of wondering, like these guys who are leaning over to shoot. I mean, I wonder if that was the, the sort of effect they were going for. Sounds like it. Yeah. Scary is. I don't know. I mean, frightening. Let as us hell. terrify you. I've used. I I've used an Oculus Rift. So, but it was not. Oh, you have. It, it, yeah, um, I actually, we have one. Uh, what? <laughs> so another story. I'll say <laughs> another day, but it's nowhere near as fun. It's like you're in a room in Tuscany and you can walk up some stairs and look out a window. There's some water. <laughs> it's like nowhere near as fun as what Kama got to experience by the sounds it's of funny. it. It's funny. There's there's a, a video circulating on the internet of Maisie Williams in the Oculus Rift for the wall. <laughs> 
and she's so terrified she kind of rips off all of the 3D gear and like jumps out of the box. It really? was too real for her. Wow. Yeah, it was, it's really funny. It'd be kind of funny to see Arya Stark acting a little. <laughs> <laughs> I have to check that one out. Good share. Um, oh, at this part, okay, <laughs> giant arrow is what I have written. Oh. I thought that was like the coolest thing in the whole episode when that giant bent down and he just let that arrow go and it like went through the guy, setting him flying over the wall. Yeah, you know, one of the funny things from the battle in the book is that the wildlings keep shooting up at the top of the wall, but they can't get their arrows, their arrows up there. A couple of arrows make it. I think they kill one man from the Night's Watch, maybe. But um, it, it is funny that the giant kind of solved that problem. And that was an amazing shot. Talk about something that could have been in a feature film. Wow. Yeah. Then, like, also, like, why didn't they bring more arrows was my next thought. <laughs> The guy had one arrow or two. No, there were two. I'm pretty sure. Why? Why waste the giants trying to open the gate? This is what they should have been doing. Exactly. <laughs> uh, what's that, Tark? Oh no, I was just wondering. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Good question. All right. So uh, the next scene is uh, Stir, and he's wreaking havoc on the ground. Uh, Ygritte is seen picking off quite a bit of Night's Watch herself. Um, there's this really cool scene in the kitchen too. Who's the dude in the kitchen? That guy was pretty badass. I don't oh, know. The water. The yeah. Water. Oh, oh, I liked him. I don't know who he was. He but... grabbed his like great big knife axe thingy, and yeah, that guy was badass. Like who? Who? Was, he guy? was like a butcher. He was the butcher <laughs> of Castle Black. Yeah. <laughs> well, I loved him. Well, I need to see more of him. Did he live? I can't remember. <laughs> maybe, maybe he's yeah. Cheese Boy's older brother who was sent to the wall. <laughs> he's pretty hot anyway. <laughs> Maybe he's the three-fingered hob. Oh, oh yeah, exactly. three-fingered hob. Three-fingered hob. Yeah. yeah. Who is this? Three, three-fingered. Yeah. Yeah. The cook. Yeah, they've, they've See, mentioned him. This before. is why we need Eon. She remembers <laughs> these things. I know, right? Mm. Okay. Um. I uh, next one is Slint. Uh, he finally gets below and he runs and hides right away into the food storage where Gilly is. <laughs> uh, he <laughs> kills Pip. Um, Sam holds him until he dies. Oh man! <laughs> I, oh, that scene was so hard to watch. So hard, little it. Pip. Oh. It was so unexpected because Pip is totally alive in the books. One hundred percent alive. So what's I'll the point? Why kill Pip? So that the wall can be less Lord of the Ringsy. I think it it meant to like show the pointlessness of war. Almost, I mean, people die for you know no reason really. Sometimes isn't that what the whole show's about? <laughs> I'm sure that's the excuse. I think it was to thin the cast because like Grin yeah. and Pip and Ed have been held every season they've been involved. I'm sure they've been kind of you know they're not regular cast members in the credit but they've been involved in every season. I think it was kind of a cast thinning this yeah. episode yeah. that claim. I didn't love. I'll be frank. You know, I really love Jon Snow. I love the wall. I love Pip and Gren. And I wasn't thrilled there, that they were really killed. Aren't, there really aren't that many characters that we know at the wall. I mean, yeah. it, it seems like that, that was an unnecessary cast thinning. Especially if you're me. I agree. In, you, um, in that inside the episode thing where um, D&D talk about the episode, they claimed that they did it to, like, because we know who Pip and Gren are and that it would, like, create emotional impact with the viewer if they died. And I'm like, well, if you'd spent more time on this storyline and maybe developed a couple <laughs> other characters who weren't as cute... um you know, then they could have died and we could have been able to look at Gren a little bit more. Um, yeah, and I would have had to spend more time at the wall and I wouldn't have been happy about that. Yeah. I think yeah. that's what you say when you're thinning your cast. I think you yeah, say that you I had think, a really I good story reason to do it. No, I think Chicky's right. I think that was their reason. Um, but I find that excuse kind of stupid because, well, we spent so long with that Craster's Keep mess that could oh, yeah. have been used yeah, definitely. to work more on this storyline and why the wall is so yeah. important and less on the Rape-a-Palooza thing that they had going <laughs> <laughs> I, That's not mine. I, I saw that on Tumblr. I didn't 
<laughs> We're all great ideas. Stealing Tumblr. our jokes. Tumblr. Okay, so at the north gate, we see the giants and the mammoths are attempting to tear it down and rip it open. John commands Gren and five men to go below to hold the south, the south gate. Um, there's this great fight scene with Alistair and Toramon. Even as Alistair is being dragged away and injured, he yells at his men to hold the fucking gate. Um, I think this uh, fight scene with Alistair and Tormon was one of my favorites I think yeah. I've ever seen. I loved it. Good. And it was so different than say, well, I know it's saying a lot when you're looking at the last episode of The Mountain and the Viper. Um, I kind of like this fight scene more. It was more... No, um, I, I agree. I kind of cheated. I have HBO Go, so I grabbed my iPad and turned my... Um, resolution way, way up so that it was way brighter and I could actually see them fighting. That was one of the more impressive duels that we've seen. Okay. There you I'm go, just throw that out Oh my there. god, I wish I thought of that. This whole, I'll have to rewatch the whole season. I'll <laughs> see what's going on. Yeah. Pro tip, pro tip. Turn up the brightness. But it was an amazing fight. And oh gosh, I wish those guys would hear this kudos and hear me say, uh, good job. Yeah, I, I I don't I like the fighting scenes when they're they're more I guess realistic, hmm. more believable. I think a lot of the air, uh, acrobatics with the mountain and the viper was just kind of overdone. <laughs> but I don't I'm probably in the minority, so I did like that too. But yeah, no, this one was pretty amazing. Oh yeah, uh, sword choreo- choreo- chore- choreography choreography. Oh yeah, totally <laughs> was wonderful. Yeah, it was great. Um, so Sam kills a Then as he tries to run to the lift, um, and he meets with Gren and the men that are en route to go guard the gate where the giants are trying to break in. The giant. Um, poor Ollie, the potato boy. <laughs> He's running this lift solo, and Sam yells at him to fight. And uh, you see the shot where Ollie looks down to his bow and arrow. And I think that might play an important point later. <laughs> <laughs> so at the top of the wall, you're seeing fiery barrels land upon the mammoths and the men and the giants. And they managed to kill one of the giants. And I like literally went, oh, no, I, was, <laughs> I really like the giants. I think, I think maybe because there's only two of them. So they're like the pandas of the north. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Um, so things are going to hell at the top. Barrels are exploding. Men are being sent flying off the wall from the explosion. And the remaining giant is uh, able to do his work and get that gate open. Uh, Sam makes it to the top, tells John that Alistair has fallen and the wildlings are taking over the bottom. John gives command to Dolores Ed. Um, Grennan is... <laughs> Gren and his men are at the gate waiting for the giant to come in and Gren does a phenomenal job of getting them to hold hold their ground oh. as the giant charges in and like this one I got chills watching this scene I thought it was so good it when was. that giant was running down the tunnel and, and they were saying their vows oh yeah, yeah. they did good the good it, was, it was a very emotional scene at least for me mm-hmm. maybe it's just my attachment to Gren <laughs> oh, but I was I loved it every minute of it and then yeah, yeah. big yeah. time so um, John and Sam are in the lift coming down to fight on the ground he gives Sam the key to go unlock ghost and then cue epic music and John's being a badass and like probably one of the best continuous single shots I've seen of a battle ever that on was right? amazing. that was amazing <laughs> yeah. that was like 43 minutes 43 seconds. How on... Do you think it was really real? Fight scene. Is this real? Do you think it was really real or were they cutting between scenes really cleverly so that you couldn't see that they were actually um, moving from one position to another? Because, I mean, that was one of the most amazing things I've seen on a television show. Yes, exactly. And if it it was cut, whoever edited it did an amazing job because it yeah. looks so smooth. I mean, it just looks like they're painting in like a 360 rotation and it was it was awesome. You know, yeah. my, my uh, cable was farting out during that scene, <laughs> oh, so no. I uh, kind of missed the <laughs> impact of it until I rewatched it. Uh, it wasn't that good. You didn't miss that. <laughs> All right. <that's laughs> good. No, no, it was pretty damn good. <laughs> I just love seeing Tormund Giant Spain just like hopping and just jumping down things and 
know, twirling his right? sword. And it was, it was really good. This is the scene where I was going, there are some feature films that should stop and take note right now. Yeah. Yes. I, I mean, imagine the fact that there was so much background action actually going on. Right. It wasn't just extras in the background kind of swinging swords. Their arms. There was real <laughs> fighting and a lot of people. It seemed so yeah. real. And mm-hmm. the, and the whole shot seemed full despite the fact that the camera was kind of pulled back. It, this was one of the more impressive shots I think we've ever seen on television, yep. period. And this Definitely. is where they completely eclipsed Blackwater to me, and Neil Marshall completely outdid himself. This was amazing. Right. I imagine film students are going to be talking about this for years right now. I, I thought it was really good. I, I mean, I'm going to disagree slightly. I thought the technical <laughs> aspect of it was amazing. But I I kind of, well, maybe I should save this, but I thought this episode lacked the emotional resonance. It it lacked him. Stannis. But in a big way. But it also, I thought, I thought Blackwater had more emotional resonance to me. But I agree with you there. But there are some kind of small shots in Blackwater where you kind of get the feeling that, oh, they didn't have the budget to do this right. No, and, I would agree. Um, this I is where this completely blew Blackwater out of the water, technically, for me. I was just like, I can't believe this is a television show. You really can't. No, it was, I agree. Uh, but technically, it was amazing. I would take emotional resonance a hundred times over technical wizardry. I think you can have both. Um, I think you I, can I think, have both. I think technical but excellence matters. Because when it isn't there, you feel it. And um, it's so often not there in television, especially with scenes like this. Well, you you feel it when it's bad, but if it's just okay, then <laughs> I definitely think that the good emotional and the I'm writing and say, characters can make up for it. <laughs> I'm going to say one of the best emotional moments in Song of Ice and Fire, for me, is when Tyrion kind of rallies the troops yeah. during the, the Battle of Blackwater. Mm-hmm. And on the television show, it fell a little flat because the scene felt so small on my screen. And I could just tell, oh, this is about 30 guys. It didn't feel like Tyrion rallying, you know, kind of the rabble along with some gold cloaks and just whoever he could grab like it is in the books. And it was just one of those times when the show failed um, technically. And you feel it when it fails. And this is you know, kind of the difference with this, this episode where they do not fail technically in any way The the technical side is completely there. And that allows the emotional side to resonate. So even though I will completely agree, there's much less emotional resonance in this episode, partly because it's such an isolated episode. Uh, But at the same time, (laughs) it's the technical stuff that makes me feel more than maybe I would if the technical stuff had failed as I feel it did in a few places in Blackwater, even though Blackwater was great at the time for what it was I think, compared to this, I it's think, pale. Yeah. I think to be fair too, though, it's all about budget, right? Like they had an insane budget yeah. this season compared to what yeah. they had for Blackwater. Well, they should have spent some of it on another writer, but that's another story. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Ouch. Okay. Uh, John and Stir, the Thin, go at it, and uh, all I could think about was the amazing size difference between these two men. Oh gosh, He's so Would short! You say it was that like guy a... is so tall. I'd say a foot, but lot. What is that? Is like in like meters? Uh, I a don't. third of a meter. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not prepared to answer these questions. <laughs> You're not supposed to ask me things. <laughs> That's why I'm doing this job. I don't know anything. I'm the Jon Snow of this podcast. It felt like Skier was almost a giant in comparison to Jon Snow. <laughs> it was pretty comical. It kind of took me out of the moment a little bit, actually, watching how small he was next to this guy. Uh, it was a good fight scene, though. Um John hits him in the head with an axe and kills him. Like, kind of skipped a lot there, but whatever. Uh, John turns and Ygret is there, and she's holding an arrow at him, and she just can't shoot him. And he Can gives we go back he, one moment. I yeah. have in my notes that John's head hit an anvil. Did I miss? Oh that? yeah, that's it the part. Is. It came that's up just fine. And it's, it's actually a hammer. 
It's a hammer that he it's uses to kill Steer. It's a blacksmith's oh, oh, hammer. A hammer, yeah. you're right. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I guess he's the ghost magical. of Vendry. Whenever John spits the blood into Stir's face, all I could think was, he learned that from the fucking legend. Oh, Carl. How we missed this. Okay, oh yeah. So I was getting to a really emotional part here. Oh. <laughs> so uh, he gives her this really... Just this beautiful, genuine smile. He's so happy to see her. And then she shot through the chest with an arrow. <laughs> and you see, uh, Ian called it. <laughs> it was, it was uh, Ollie who killed her. Um, so I, I guess she... even gave, it a, gave a little nod for it, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, potato Dad sends his regards. Potato Dad. <laughs> what was it? Mom Kebab? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, so Eon wins the podcast. We all agree for this season. Yeah. Eon wins. Woo-hoo! She called this episodes she, ago. She wins the speculation trophy. She does. It still hurt, though. I mean, it oh. did hurt. Come on, you were totally fist bumping. <laughs> oh no, I, I wasn't. I, I even shed a little tear. Did you? Really? So, yeah. Oh, yeah, I did. I really did. I mean, whenever he's holding a grit. <laughs> and it, like it goes into slow mo. I mean, that was that was pretty sad. Yeah, but she has those lines. Or he has that line. Or uh, remember that cave? We should have stayed in that cave. And he says, "We'll go back there." And you know nothing, Jon Snow and death. <laughs> oh man, yeah. the line that will haunt him. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't feel too bad for Egret. She died with a candy lick in her heart and a catchphrase on her tongue. She has a, she, she has a better fate than most characters in the series. This is true. I guess it could be worse. Sure. It was a really good shot, though. I loved everything about the way that they did this. Obviously, it's not like it is in the books, but I kind of appreciated the changes and... I love that moment where she's kind of holding her, her bow with the string taut and, and she, she could shoot him, but she's not doing it. And he kind of smiles at her like, well, I guess you're going to kill me. And oh, God, it, it was such a good yeah. moment for me personally. I loved it. I loved everything about it. It was such a great send off for Rose Leslie, too. Yeah, I'm, she's a great actress and I enjoyed watching her. I mean, I don't really care much for these two characters, but <laughs> I, I I don't really care. <laughs> Everyone was kind of sad, and I'm like, yeah, I could see how this would be sad if I cared about them. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, winning me more fans as we go on here. <laughs> uh, so Ed at the top gives the order to drop the scythe, and hot damn, that was another cool shot. <laughs> oh, I have another effing cool. I love that. That, that was, was amazing. Cool. And the wildlings retreat. I think this also. Go ahead, Eon. I think this really made up for Blackwater with the lack of the chain in yeah. the Blackwater. They did not oh. have it because G- mm-hmm. um, George R. R. Martin did write the chain into the episode, but they didn't. They axed it because I guess it was too expensive to do. Yeah. So they, so they did the scythe, the chain scythe, and that was just amazing because that's totally show. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen in the books, and it was it was awesome. It was oh, so you think it was kind of an homage to what they left out of Blackwater? Yes, I think so. I love That's that. That's what I'm calling. Yeah, dude, I love that. <laughs> Resonating with Chicky. Chicky approves. This one gets Chicky, which is really important. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, uh, so Ed, I think, oh, I know. I just think, as far as like defense of the wall, if they're scared of people climbing their wall, especially at that location, that type of weapon would work wonderfully. I just agree. make yeah. a big red smudge across the wall. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, this is entirely invented for the show. The idea of them trying to climb the wall right there in front of the Night's Watch is ridiculous in the book. <laughs> but it did make a great spectacle on the show. So I'm fine. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so Ed is at the top and he's telling the men that um, they, need, they should stop cheering. And he reminds them that they are still outnumbered a thousand to one. At the bottom, Tormon is riddled with arrows. John tells him um, the men to put him in chains. Sam returns to Gilly's hiding place, where he finds Janice slint covered, cowering in a corner. Um, so 
uh, my God, I got a right neater. <laughs> I, I kind of love that that um, Gilly um, fended him off with a leg of lamb. That's what yeah. like to me. <laughs> well, you do know that Gilly is going to be Azora a high because she was she's in that smokehouse. She's surrounded oh. by smoke and salt. She's the next Azor Ahai. Yes. <laughs> oh, that means Samus like or Nissa Nissa. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no. Big oh, Sam or Little Sam? Does oh. Does any podcast have no more Azor Ahai theories than ours? I mean, I feel like we have more than anyone else. Anybody, anybody can be Azor Ahai. Definitely the crackiest. <laughs> you too can Everybody be Azor Ahai. <laughs> uh, so John says that he won't be able to hold off the wildling army they won't be able to hold off the wildling army he heads to the gate and wants to try to kill Mance himself and uh, Sam tells him stops him and at the gate they find the dead giant and Gren and the others who stop them John tells Sam to get the men to burn the bodies and he also tells him to lower the outer gate once he's through and I'm like, this is a stupid plant. What the hell is John doing? <laughs> I think he's very attractive in, in a certain way, but I don't think brains are his strength. <laughs> and maybe that he has um, wonderful hair. Yeah, but well, you know that little that that hit he took on the anvil. Maybe that scrambled whatever was left because that is the dumbest <laughs> plant I've ever heard. Anis <laughs> not do that. <laughs> Let me go books and say that in the books. John is sent out kind of against his will to go treat with Mance. Um, It's an interesting change for the show. I I mean, they've kind of set themselves up so that John needs to make this decision for himself. It's been clear throughout the episode that, that John ended up in charge of the wall, which is kind of what happens in the books, even though he isn't technically the Mm -hmm. commanding officer yet. Um, and it's it's an interesting change to have John make this decision. I, I don't know how I feel about it, which I suppose should tell you that I don't feel great about it, but I'm going <laughs> to wait and see what happens. That's fair. That's- I aggressively don't care about Jon Snow. So. <laughs> Be a park are in the same camp. Aggressively. She aggressively doesn't <laughs> care. Uh, okay, um, so I think... That brings us to the end of this episode as, you know, John walks out of the tunnel and you fade to white. So, Is this where I get to talk about why you invited me to be on this episode? <laughs> oh, God. We're calm. All right, comma. So okay. We, invite, we invited comma to guest star. We had her specially programmed in because she's programmed. a big Stannis fan. One of the biggest. Um, and there was... No, Stannis. So we kept her so we can hear her rage. <laughs> go ahead, Kama. Ready, go. <laughs> no. Well, you know, I, I, I'm not alone in this. There is a small but vocal minority. I, well, actually, on, all, on Tumblr, there was a lot of, where the hell is he? Because this was his moment. And I know they com- they, I know technically he comes a little later in the books and all that, but in the in the story, I mean, actually, when you look at this show for for the past four seasons, episode nine is like where it all happens. That's the big episode. It's the big moment. And ten is sort of where you know stuff calms down a little bit. And I was, I thought this was going to be his moment. And what I love about this character is for most of the books and actually for most of the, the series, everyone keeps telling you how lousy a king Stannis would be. Everyone agrees on this. They all say he'd be an awful king, he'd be an awful king. Book show does not matter. This is consistent. And in the books, when he shows up, he is the only one of the kings to actually give a damn. Nobody else right. cares about what's going on in the wall. Tylen's like, yeah. yeah, let them all kill each other. Not my problem. He shows up. He comes with his men. And he's there to save the realm. And it's like his moment. To and do I his feel duty. To do his duty. and to, But he, he gets it that he's got to save Westeros. And it's sort of not there. So it's this huge letdown. I mean, ugh, I, I was, agree. Yeah. I'm going to jump off from where you are, Calm, and I'm going to say that 
I think part of the problem with this episode, and let me pause and say, I really loved this episode. I actually loved everything about it. But I come to it as a, a book reader and a John lover. And I love the wall. I love the people there. Um, I think the problem with this episode is that it just didn't tie into the larger world of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that having Stannis at the end would have tied it in. That would have been, would have been like, oh, yeah, wow, amazing. Okay, this is Definitely. how this matters. And even though the fight against the others or the White Walkers, as we call them on the show, is is clearly the big battle, even if people aren't acknowledging it. Um, you don't understand that until Stannis comes and says, oh, no, this is the most important thing. This is more important yes. than me fighting in the South for the, the throne or whatever. What's important is saving the realm. Yes. And you don't get that without Stannis in this episode. And I'm as upset as Kama is. Of course, I'm a pretty big Stannis fan myself, so maybe that's part yeah. of the reason why I'm so the upset. The other thing I, I had a problem with, and I, that's a really good way of, of bringing it back, is that throughout this whole season, and actually most of three, the wall, that's been all, it's sort of like the extra stuff they talk about. Even less than Danny, I think. It's been very isolated. And they yeah. spent so long this season, they spent, what, two whole episodes with, I don't know how long, fighting in the dark with Burn Gorman and the skull <laughs> and all that, and the raping. And if they had spent a little bit more time with these characters, I think that emotional resonance I was looking for, at least that would have been there. Yeah. And the other yeah. thing is, this episode is only 50 minutes long, and I'm I'm unclear why they had to cut it there. When they've got at least nine plots that they've got to deal with in the finale, mm-hmm. and I've, a, yeah. I, I'm, I'm afraid it's going to feel too, too jammed. Oh yeah, so, I'm completely, yeah, I'm completely, with, completely with you. I feel like this was a mistake, and I, I don't feel like there's any other way to term it. I feel like they really missed an opportunity here to kind of tie it in, make it make sense. I watched this with an unsullied, who is very anxious to see what's going to happen with Tyrion and what's going on at King's Landing, considering where we left everything in episode eight. And, you know, of course, as a book reader, I'm not that worried about it, but this is someone who doesn't know. And he is annoyed that we're stuck at the wall. And I'm annoyed that he's not appreciating how awesome (laughs) Jon Snow is being right now. But I understand it because of the way that the show has framed it. And I kind of have to backtrack something that I defended earlier in this season which was the Craster's invention, rather than having the wildlings attack Castle Black from the south earlier, which is what happens in the books, and then later Mance attacking from the north. Um, I kind of defended that change on the show, and I'm kind of backtracking on that. I think that was a mistake that the show made. I think they should have had the attack from the south earlier and not done it all in one episode like this, and I think they should have had Stannis in this episode. I think it would have made it make sense in the broader world of Game of Thrones. I think that was a mistake. I think it was a really big mistake, in fact. I, I often get the... Throughout this whole season, and it's been very uneven so far. I mean, even if even if 10 is the best thing they've ever done, um, this whole season has been very uneven to me. And I feel like there's a lot of short-sighted writing going on. Like, they're not thinking about the big picture going down. Could it be, um, I'm just playing devil's advocate here, could it be that because they don't know when the next book is coming out, like they're kind of having a hard time but creating they knew. their... I mean, they knew this had to be coming. Why would they spend, I mean, it was it just to get the naked women in there? I mean, I'm unclear as <laughs> to why, but no, seriously, I mean, normally I don't care. You want to have prostitutes running around naked while they talk about the plot, you go to town, that's fine. Um, I think it's stupid, but I get it. But, I mean, it just felt... This is a show where a big scene could be like two minutes. And when you spend that amount of time on something, like the bug crunching scene, which I didn't (laughs) object to. It it wasn't bad. There were parts of it I really enjoyed. But it went on a very long time. And that's like, okay, that's, that's five minutes two or three of which you could have been doing something else that's going to pay off later on. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's been bad budgeting in terms of what amount of time we're spending on each of these stories. And that's the biggest issue I, I had, the bug crunching scene. I, I disagree. I think the bug crunching really does pay off later on. 
I, I kind I, of am with Torg on this. Yeah, I like the character development way like, more than any action scene. Forget the bugs. Done. Yeah. Forget the bugs for a moment. I think though, every one of us, if we look back, there have been scenes that we thought maybe were too long. Danny scenes. You, any scenes. I, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say long scenes have been a problem, really. I'd say I, I would agree with you that they sometimes focus on the wrong thing, but I don't think that the scenes are too long. Okay, pod with all of the hookers, that didn't go on for, like... That's on. not really a long thing. That's just I, I something just, they focused just, on. It's a comic hookers, thing. Like a millisecond of pod with hookers is <laughs> too long, in my opinion. I, I is in a show where where every second seems to matter because you have such a huge cast and such a huge story that you have to be careful if I were and I'm not writing this but if I were you'd want to be thinking about where your payoff's going to come from and I really felt like this episode it was technically amazing and there are scenes I have really amazing really cool all over my notes but there was it felt lacking in certain areas. And I think if they had spent a little more time earlier in the season, it could have been yep. like possibly one of the best episodes ever. Yeah. Even and it's better than it was. I think we can all agree with that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I never really cared about the wall. Even when Stannis shows up, I don't really care about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, I care. I care a lot about okay. the wall and I'm upset. Yeah. So that, that's probably a good indicator yeah. of where yeah. we're at. And that's why I like I this. We have such a range of opinions <laughs> and likes and dislikes. That's good for uh, discourse and interesting critical conversation. I think on this Yay. podcast, we can all agree there should have been more Jamie and Brienne in this episode, Absolutely. right? Really? Oh, we yeah. didn't talk about them once. About the wall, <laughs> oh, man. But we are actually going to talk a bit about... <gasps> Do it, Lot. Do it. Okay. Bring us yes. out of this mess. Uh, into another mess, unfortunately. <laughs> so um, the upcoming promo... Um, we oh, everybody's been buzzing about this. Uh, we saw a preview, and we're pretty sure it's Brienne's shoulder in the fro- foreground with the scene of the Hound and Arya. So, by all accounts, it looks like the Hound's ear is going to get bit off by Brienne. Eh, what does this mean? He's going to be deaf, <laughs> <laughs> or dead. Isn't his one ear like burned beyond use. In the books, yes. I have no idea what's going you on. You can in the still show. hear if your ear is bitten off. You still have your. <laughs> no, no, but he's got the <laughs> other ear that was in the fire. Yeah. The other side yeah. of his face. Yes. But yes, he has that one burned off. But I, if I remember right, whenever um, Arya and him are in the tavern and they get into the bar fight with, with the other, like, the Lannister soldiers, doesn't his other ear get cut off too? Oh, does I don't it? remember that. Does it? I don't know. I could have swore his other ear gets cut off. Mm. Well, this is why we need Eon. She remembers these things. No matter what. I remember chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do think it's it's kind of ironic that like um, before the season started and we saw the, the little promo with Gwendolyn Christie joking about biting a man's ear off and we thought it was so oh, funny. God. And now yeah. nobody's really laughing about it now. Nobody I'm not laughing. It. Nobody wants it. Oh, I'm so scared. I'm excited. And I don't know. Did you guys catch the Emmy nomination thing yep. that was going around on Tumblr? Yeah. Go ahead and explain Where there's a prosthetic. Um, apparently there's a prosthetic for Sander for his ear. So it's pretty clear that indeed it is Sanders ear that Brian bites off that we've kind of been mm-hmm. anticipating okay. all season. Let's theorize then. What does this mean if Brian's the one biting off the hound's ear? <sighs> it means I'm going to vomit. <laughs> well, you better get your bucket ready because it looks like it's happening. Yeah. You mean because it's the fact that someone is biting someone's ear off be- and it's just gross, or no, because it's that. Brianne <laughs> biting off the hound's ear? I'm a big fan. Of Sander. See, and I'm I, a really love- big fan of Brienne, and I hate the idea of them fighting. I hate the idea of her scarring him further, or disfiguring him further, or killing him. Which I also have oh, a really okay. big problem with. Um, and so I'm really I, unhappy with kind oh, of the You just don't want them right at now. odds. You don't want those I don't. I don't want them at odds. I don't want them fighting. Not like I this, love it you know? when characters I like are at odds. I just thrive <laughs> on that. <laughs> and I've even seen that that um, the footage of somebody telling 
tumbling oh. down a hill yeah. or mountain, oh, whatever, yeah. you, whatever you, that looks like it could be Sander also. I heard someone say be. it looked like Brienne, but I think it's I don't think Sander. it's Brienne. I, 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 I took a pretty Brienne good look at it. <laughs> it could be Sander. Yeah. It, it could be Sander. I sat there and watched it for about five minutes. I think it's Sander. Yeah, I think it is too. <sighs> I'm really looking forward to the next episode, but I am also really terrified. It's going to be, yeah. no matter what, it's going to be, well, I'm going to be crushed, but. Oh, God. That's going to be great. I'm not looking forward to it. I still hope it's a fake out like in the books where, you know, we think <laughs> that he's dead and they have the quiet all. I think it's going to be. I hope, I hope so. it is. I, I hope it's a fake out. I don't think it is, he but I wish that it would be. Pip. <laughs> okay, um, so uh, I think we're probably all going to have time for our thank yous and reviews. We were going to do some questions, but we actually did pretty good on time for this episode. So, uh, Eon, you're going to read those for us, right? Yeah, I'll read them. All right. Our first thank you is from Via 14 LOL. And she says, just listen to your podcast, and it was great as usual. I listen to you guys either at work or, or on the bus, which isn't a good thing. I usually can't contain <laughs> my laughter and get the, you're, you're a crazy person stare. Anyway, <laughs> lots of love from Trinidad and T- Tobago. That's so cool. And good work. I always look forward oh. to hearing you guys every week. A tree. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> nice. I, I need to I need a drink for this one and I need to start working my shoulders for this. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I wish we were webcamming. <laughs> right? Yeah. Cuz this is from from J- Jody Candylicker. Who? Oh god. Kyle. <laughs> Lady. <laughs> Ladies, Jody appreciates no the work you ladies have been putting in on the podcast. Cast 25.9. Now that Jody is working at his special restaurant, Jody knows how hard that is. Very hard. Oh uh, uh, uh. <laughs> his special restaurant. Thank you, Jody. <laughs> Thank you, Jody. You weird pervert. Thank you. <laughs> okay. This one is from, okay, I'm sorry if I butcher your username, but it's Ilzair Spar, and it says, Hi, I stumbled upon your podcast only a few episodes ago, but I'm finding myself impatiently waiting for each new episode. While I know that you are planning to do book episodes when season four is finished, I was wondering if you considered doing perhaps one ep- episode on Gwendolyn Christie and Nikolai Coster Waldo's other works. I know that this lends into a longer discussion about Nikolai's since he has been in more works than Gwendolyn. However, I admit that part of this question is my desire to see an actual, well thought out discussion on wizards versus aliens, as yeah, the baby. fandom seems almost non existent on the net. I'm in it. I'm in the Wizards vs. Aliens fandom. <laughs> you are. And yeah, I am. the show fascinating for some reason. Anyway, keep up the good work. Even with your more recent technological snafus, you are all doing a great job. That means so much. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Yay. And also, I love Wizards vs. Aliens. I would love <laughs> to do an episode on that. You guys well, have to... Uh, convince me a little bit. Me too. I, it a lot. What? I had to. I had to literally order order the first season from Amazon UK to get it because it's not in the US. Oh yeah, I I did that too. <laughs> I have too? not seen it. Yeah, I swear. Like, there's a part where Gwendolyn Christie she she literally deep throats a candy bar. What? Oh, oh, wow, she really yeah. does. This is a children's show. <laughs> yeah, but it's by <laughs> Russell T Davies. It's worth watching. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. What has yeah, he done? If, I'm sorry, I don't know. Doctor he did um, some of the reboot of Doctor Who. Okay, I haven't yeah. watched that either. <laughs> Again, winning more friends in the Tumblr verse. <laughs> <laughs> Just talk about how much you like dogs. <laughs> and poutine. Oh, not this. Can we go an episode without no. mentioning poutine? No. 
<laughs> Not with a Canadian on here, no. We've got to find a poutine sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> was that all of them, Eon? Was that all the Yeah, things? that was it. Okay. Um, that was it. Yeah. We're, I, we were going to do some questions, but like I said, we ran out of time. Um, so if you have questions for us, you can submit them because we're going to need to start banking them again for the off-season stuff. If you would like to do that, you can at close the door and at gmail.com. And you can also send us messages through Tumblr at close the door and come here.tumblr.com. Ma, you learned it. I'm so proud of you. I wrote it. It's time. Don't, don't cheer me. Down. I wrote it down. I didn't remember it. Don't cheer me. I was really happy. But she yes. remembered to write it down. That's impressive. She did. Thanks, guys. Awesome. <laughs> also, we love subscribers and reviews on iTunes, guys. Mm-hmm. And I know that all 12 of you have left us reviews already. But Make if anyone we've missed, we'd love more reviews. Yeah. Make a new account. Do it twice. Do us a review. Three times. It really makes our day. We should make like, a little punch card. Like Every time you right. review, you get like a little... I don't know. And then you get something free at the end. Who I don't know what. Okay. Thank you guys so much for podcasting with me. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you so for fun. moderating. Of course. I, this was a hard one. Yeah, yeah it was. It was hard. <laughs> so hard, as Jody would say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good night, guys. Good night. Bye. Good night.